0: Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Thanks to all my listeners listening all around the world, not only live on iHeartRadio, but also those listening to the podcast afterwards. And, you know, I just love how people are finding this show. And um, Gene Graves, thanks for listening to me on your 12-hour drive yesterday when you needed your Laura fix and you listened to all the podcasts. So thank you so much. We appreciate me. I appreciate so much all the, the comments you send me, the emails you send me, the tweets and the social media posts telling me how much my guests made a difference in your lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't forget to rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, wherever you can, post on social media, let people know about the show because if they can't find it, they can't have their lives changed by the guests that I have on the show through the power of questions. And we have another great guest for you today who um, I discovered because she reached out to me because we have the same publisher, Morgan James Publishing, yay David Hancock, and her new book, Powerful Beyond Measure, Three Steps to Claim Your Power Within for a Happy and Healthy Life is out there wherever books are sold now. It's an international award-winning and number one best-selling book. And what I love about it is how uncomfortable reading the book made me feel. You all know that I read every book of the authors that come on my show. If you have a book, I read it, which is why sometimes it takes a little while to get on my show if you have a book, because I need the time to read through the book, practice the exercises if it's got stuff in it that you need to do, because I feel the best thing I can do for you, my listeners, is to experience whatever I'm talking to you about on the show, and I I bear my soul on the show, and it will be no different today, I'm sure, so please welcome my guest, Cynthia Mazzaferro. Hello,
1: how are you? I'm so excited to be on your show, Laura.
0: I am so excited you reached out to me. It's, you know, that's the best way to put yourself out there. You know, if, if there's something you're interested in, you've got to pick up that phone, type that email, social media, whatever it may be. And I, I really appreciated that, that you did it and that you sent me a copy of your wonderful book.
1: Thank you, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you experienced during your journey within Powerful Beyond Measure.
0: Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting because when I read books like this, I read them on two levels, right? One, as somebody who's going to interview or potentially interview, because I've had some books sent to me that I just couldn't get behind. It just didn't resonate with me. I didn't feel I was the right um, interviewer or journalist to to host the book. But that happens rarely, because I find that you tend to, as you even talk about in your book, and I talk about my, in my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do?, you tend to attract, um, you know, what you're seeking is seeking you as well. So I find that that tends to come together that way, and I tend to attract people that are not about just themselves. They have a, a bigger purpose. In the world. And your book really does help people get that. I was so uncomfortable in the first few chapters of that book, Cindy. (laughs) That's
1: funny. Well, let me just explain to your listeners how the book is divided. And the book is divided up into thirds. The first third is exploring your past and easing your pain, the second third is empowering your present and embracing yourself. And the last third is envisioning your future and expanding your possibilities. So in the book, Powerful Beyond Measure, one needs to understand and be able to articulate and identify what is actually holding you back in your present life now. And to do that, one needs to look back in their past. Now I'm not a psychiatrist, you're not gonna to have to sit on the couch and have to relive everything. But there's plenty of questions, and I love this about your show, it's all about the questions. And so it's about answering questions, going through processes that you actually get to explore and self-discover about yourself. And so sometimes that does bring up some uncomfortable memories and emotions that actually lie buried within your body. And it actually takes up residence in your body somewhere, whether it's your throat area, your heart, your stomach area, which is usually when you feel powerless, your groin area, if it has to do with the family ties and roots and sexual um, difficulties that you might have experienced in the past. So there's lots of different areas that our past can actually take up residence. And until you actually learn and to be able to uh, state with clarity and focus what they are, then how can you ever really impact them and change them in your present day life,
0: right? Now, you came from a physical therapy background. I mean, you you did physical therapy work for over 30 years. You worked doing ergonomics for people to help them analyze and correct their ergonomics in their workplace. What was the one key trigger for yourself? As I'm going through physical therapy now, um, after having wrist surgery back in April, after breaking my foot and then falling (laughs) off the knee scooter, but uh, what was it about your background that made you create that aha? I mean, I love Louise Hay. She talks about this, but was there one moment in your life that made you realize wow, my past is affecting my health?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, you kind of asked two questions there. And as a physical therapist, while we were doing the exercises, the patient would start to talk about their personal life outside of their actual injury we were treating. And so I started to see common um, articulations, verbiage that they would use in their conversation that was tied or had connection to their physical symptoms, for example if someone was having i was treating them for a hip problem or a knee problem and they might be saying that you know i never had hip problems um until my husband passed away and now it's really difficult for me to to you know move forward in life and to stand on my own and make decisions on my own and you know i just feel like i just don't know where to go and so all of those type of statements all have triggers around stability about supporting oneself, about moving forward in life. And so what happens is our language, our belief systems, our mental thoughts create an energy to them. And if there are negative energies, negative thoughts, negative um, expectations, or even direction as to what you're doing in life, that's going to in fact affect your inner health and will come out in a physical way, a physical symptom or disease. And it's been proven over and over again. We know the first thing they say if you have cancer is think positive. Well, there's scientific proof that our thoughts, positive and or negative, will affect our symptoms, positive or negatively, likewise. Now, you asked me, the second question is what was my big aha moment? And my wounding, the way I interpreted how I was affected as a child, which we all are, even with the most perfect family, you still have a perception of something, of your lacking or um, position that you have to take on, whatever it is that you take on and you carry in through your life. And it's around your soul lesson. What are you You're supposed to grow and learn from? So for me, and I talk about this in my book, my parents got divorced when I was seven years old. I had four of the sisters, one at nine years all the way down to nine months. And every one of us, perceived that divorce differently. But for me I perceived it as abandonment. And I was really all my life I wanted this father that I never had to say wonderful words that you're wonderful, you're terrific, your daddy's a little girl. And it was always empty seat at my wedding. He didn't walk me down at my wedding. Didn't have the father daughter dance. Wasn't there to say, you can handle this, you can do this. And so I looked. For this confirmation outside of me you know and as a physical therapist as a business owner doing ergonomics I worked predominantly with men and trained people how to lift correctly how to work safely and I got all this affirmation but inside me there was always this thirst there was never enough that I wasn't getting enough of this input uh, you know just I was like a at the gas tank and I'm waiting for this love to be filled up in my body, and it just was like a sieve. It just kind of kept pulling through out out of me, and I just never had enough love being shown to me because I perceived that it was not enough and that it would be potentially abandoned. I would not continue with it. It would be walking out of my life. So also I share in my book, as well as many other stories outside of my own personal story, that one day my husband came down with tears in his eyes, saying, I love you, but I can no longer live with you. And it was like, oh, my gosh, 40 years after my father left me, now my husband's ready to walk out and leave me and abandon me. I mean, it was like a slap in my face. And I um, realized after I'm going quickly forward here in time that I was emitting an energy, almost like perspiration, um, body perfume, that people that love me that was I really trusting they would stay in my life. And so all those times I wanted my husband just to, to say wonderful things to me, and he would, they were never enough. So if, for example, he said, oh, I, um, your hair looks good today, in my mind I'd be saying, but you didn't say anything about this awesome new dress I just bought as we're going out to dinner. Instead of being happy and really absorb the beautiful compliment he gave me, and I know I looked great in this dress. He didn't have to tell me. So learning my own lessons and going through this experience of seeing your own greatness within yourself is so instrumental, it's elemental in providing this happiness and joy and peace that needs to reside within each one of us that we so desperately want. And we, um, it's elusive because we're always seeking from outside of ourselves, We're comparing and judging, and we're always looking at things from a lacking point of view.
0: All right, and we're going to talk more about that when we come back from our commercial break. We're here with Cynthia Mazzaferro, author of Powerful Beyond Measure, Three Steps to Claim Your Power Within for a Happy and Healthy Life. And when we come back, we're going to talk about something she calls your emotional set point and how you can determine is your emotional response appropriate Or the reaction you're having. We all know that I had a little slip with that last year after I fell. And uh, let's learn about how we can get beyond that. We'll be right back. You were telling your story about how you came to your ahas for this book. And you started talking about lack. In your book you talk about lack. and, And you describe taking each letter and what it means. Which seems to fit quite a bit for me with where you talk about your emotional set point. Can you, let's talk about this whole concept of an emotional set point. What is it? Why is it important for us to understand and how can we move past that?
1: Great question. And what makes us human is having emotions. And for most of us, we've learned to suppress or repress our emotions. We actually don't even know truthfully how we feel within ourselves we kind of numb ourselves to the situation. And it's something that our culture, society, really um, detours us from accepting, and that's why we have so many mental illnesses out there and people shooting and bullying because we have such a problem with um, the emotional health and well-being of everyone. But emotional um, set point is an emotional response that you typically portray in in certain environments or situations. So to give a quick example is for one person, you may be real hot-headed. Maybe your whole life you just seem to always be inflamed. You're volatile. You're explosive. You're loud and boisterous and voice, and you're just always defending yourself. For some of you, that might be you. For others, you might be more repressed, more quiet, mannered. I don't ever tell what I'm going to feel or sense, and I take a much more submissive position. So these are different emotional um, kind of... um, recalls that you're using because you've learned them over a lifetime, what's worked. And it's also they're associated with where you are and what you're trying to learn as a soul and growing, and that's all contributing to that wounding, that pain that you've experienced very early in your life. So for someone, let's go with that first scenario that's very loud and boisterous and and trying to get people to hear them. The reason they're doing that is because they feel so unheard, and if they put themselves out there in a very loud way, then people will finally sit up and listen to them. But instead what happens is that people are repulsed, they walk away, they don't respect you, they don't hear you, and that just fuels you even more. So what happens is, here you're coming home from supper, let's say, you made a nice meal, your children are coming in, your husband's there, and you're all at the table, and you really want to share what's going on in your life, and no one seems to be interested. And so immediately you start to get red in the face, you start to raise your voice, and you're even going to now maybe be threatening. You might say to the kids, no one listens to me, you're only talking about yourself, you're so self-centered, and you go off on this rant. So the question is, Is this is, again, residual energy, residual emotional debris is what I call, that comes from very much previous in your life. It's it's that residence that within you, the emotional residence that is spewing out of you. So when you're in a situation that you want to all of a sudden respond or what I call react the way you normally react, you want to look at that and say, is this a typical response that I normally do to protect myself to to um, in response to my emotional pains and wounding that you have, or can I look at this differently where it's not fueled from years and years before that I can be present in the moment and say, is this really a true feeling? I'll give you an example. Um, again, I felt abandoned and that... Uh, People were leaving me behind. I'm walking down the sidewalk, and my husband and two adult sons were walking in front of me. The sidewalk was only so wide, only three people could go wide. But my thought was I was being left behind. How rude of them to discard me, to put me behind them. Now, that's all going on in my mind, okay? Now, they aren't physically doing that on purpose. But that's the mental thought I had around it. So I have an emotion starting to spill and say, oh, my God, I really can't believe they're so inconsiderate. These are people who will love me. How can they not even be aware of what I'm feeling? Now, they don't even know I'm feeling any of this. So I have to decide how am I going to respond, not react to this situation. So I'm responding emotionally at this point. Now, I'm thinking consciously in the moment that this is a fuel, this is an energy from years before, it's not current, it's not accurate in this situation. So how can I choose to set my emotions differently or thoughts differently around this experience? So I said... Well, I have a couple of choices. I can stay in this position and try to look at it differently and feel differently, or I can actually engage and tell them, hey, can one of you step back here? I really want to hear what you guys are talking about. I feel left out and just express my emotions without judgment, without criticism, without blaming them or judging them that they're bad and I'm good or I'm feeling bad. None of that has to go on. It's about empowering you how to handle that situation differently. And in my book, I give you tons of strategies and practical ways to change that mental um, processing, change your action steps, whether it's action going forward or even taking less action and sitting back sometimes, being okay. quieter. So, and Cindy, then so how so it sounds like one of the that emotion.
0: one of the big questions that somebody needs to ask when they're in a situation. You wrote in your book, is my emotional response appropriate for the actual situation? It, that's occurring now. That's yes. occurring now. Right that moment. Don't even worry about going back initially to where that trigger came from. Just write in that moment. So if somebody does that mm-hmm. and they ask themselves the question, is my emotional response appropriate for the situation right now? And they come up with no. What's their next step?
1: The next step is is how do I engage, what do I need to do that allows me to express myself in a loving, kind, compassionate way that reveals how I'm feeling or that allows me to look at it from a different perspective that's appropriate for this time and place now. And see, by understanding what happened in the past, and which is the first for of the book, you now know it. So when that thought comes up, when that emotional reaction you normally have comes up, you already know it and you claim it. So you know now how to integrate it, how to interrelate it into the more present moment.
0: Right. But for a lot of our listeners, they might not have read that book yet, your book yet. So right. they, they haven't done that work on their past. They're in a situation right now where they can think of something that just happened to them. Mm-hmm. what's a good thing, to, should they speak up? Should they say, hey, I'm feeling this right now? Or when you walked ahead of me or crossed the street without letting me know you were doing it, I felt behind, like you left me behind? Is is that appropriate, or is there another way of looking at it?
1: This- a few different ways. These are great questions, and there's no right and wrong answer. But the first thing I'm going to tell all your listeners is you have to be true and honest with how you're feeling. And of course, there's a trust issue. Can I tell people that I'm with how truly I feel? And because when you share how you feel, then you are opening yourself up for judgment. You're feeling, are they going to judge you, criticize you? Because if you do say, for example, I feel left out behind you, Then that's your perception of it. And they're going to say, well, why do you feel
0: left out? Come on up
1: and join us. You know, we didn't want you to sit back
0: there. We don't want to be left out from the news break. So I'm going to cut over to the news break and we're going to continue this conversation as we go forward. But as we go into the break, everybody, I'd like you to think about the last situation where you just felt an emotional response bigger than the situation demanded. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Those of you who are listening to us live on the air, for those of us listening on, those of you listening on the podcast, this was instantaneous. You didn't have to listen to the national news. So, Cindy, you were talking about this concept in your book called "Emotional Set Point." Your book for those of us just joining is "Powerful Beyond Measure: Three Steps to Claim Your Power Within for a Happy and Healthy Life" by Cynthia Mazafaro. And you were talking about strategies people can use in that moment to help them move past that.
1: Right. And so I'd like to really give you something concrete that all the listeners can do right away. And that is you're, you're changing your action. Normally you react, which is the same pattern you always do. You want to respond differently in the present situation. So to do that, you want to ask yourself from your heart, how am I feeling about this situation? And then breathing out, which is really important. It releases the inner stress that you always hold, which just causes the reaction. And then by breathing out, you then say, how can I empower myself to feel good or to be able to express myself and interact in this situation differently? So it's nothing about them, and it's everything about you. So it's empowering you to take a new action or inaction, whatever the case might be, that you need to do, that's going to respond appropriately emotionally and physically in your action or inaction to that given situation. Totally different than reacting, which is always the repetition that you tend to do.
0: It sounds like you're saying that it doesn't always have to be something you communicate to the other people that triggered your emotional response that was bigger than the situation um, dictated. Exactly. Exactly. Because sometimes
1: just you acknowledging your own emotions about it is enough. It's not about them getting to totally understand your emotions. It's about you understanding the origin of that emotion and responding the way that's appropriate for you. So it's all about empowering you to choose how you want to respond, not react in that situation that's best serving for you and is authentic and true.
0: I like that because in society today we're often told well you know you need to share with somebody about how you're feeling or or what's coming up and what you're saying is not always sometimes it's about your own inner journey that gives you the strength but obviously if something is you know seriously um, threatening or something like that then share with that other party that triggered the response but in a way that isn't over the top.
1: Exactly, because as soon as you start to share your emotions, and especially if you're not comfortable with your own emotions, because that's part of that process you're learning, that then that um, allows them to critique, fix. They're going to try to fix your emotions, um, and then it's up for judgment, where if you're comfortable and understanding your own emotional response within you, then their response is really not um, indicative to how it's going to make you feel. So, for example, once I learned in my case about feeling that I know I'm a great person, I don't need someone to tell me I'm a great person, not that I'm better than someone else, but that I'm a really great, loving, supportive, and important person that can really impact people that I know that. So if I can tell someone an and emotion I feel like you didn't hear me, but that's okay, maybe your mind was somewhere else. It didn't wound me, it didn't impact me, because I'm solidly comfortable with who I am and the emotions I'm feeling within my body.
0: At some point during that processing, does the other person's actions come into play, saying it's not not about me it's about them their their reaction that caused me to trigger there's another component about it that's their stuff and not my stuff and i shouldn't take it on I'm trying to understand the lines here
1: well and that's a very a great question because there is no set rule that fits every situation Sometimes we have to create boundaries where their response is not going to impact you. That's their baggage because they have their own things they're working on, inner work, their inner work, you know, so that your interaction between each other, actually the universe is providing that so you both can grow. So sometimes by not listening to their response or the response you were hoping for and it's not there, that's part of you learning to say, okay, I'm not going to let their lack of response or their volatile reaction to what I said, it's not going to overly impact me. I'm not going to consume it like it becomes the food that's going to either make me feel ill or make me feel really awesome. You know, it's, it's going to be information I take in respectfully, lovingly, and trying without judgment or shaming or blaming them or yourself. That you can communicate between each other and have it be a fulfilling and uh, respectful exchange. It's really important that we start to co-communicate in a much more healthy way.
0: Is that process how you ended up developing one of my favorite things in your book? There are a number of different parts, but I just I thought this was great because it really it was so different (laughs) in terms of the wording (laughs) than the rest of the book. It's what you call your strategic happiness intervention tactic. I'm not going to say what those letters stand for. Um, what, you know, well, I just said what they stand for, but take the first letter of each word and this is not what's normally in the book. It's SH, you know what. How did that come about? Was it from that work that you, you found this?
1: It is because let's be honest, everyone has some of that SH, you know what in our life, and I'm not one that uses any vulgarity or swearing words, but what it comes out is we have crap in our life. You know, things happen, whether it's an illness, a death, a loss, um, whatever it is, circumstances, that how are you going to deal with that? And this is what's really important because what I love is empowering people to take ownership in how they perceive and interact with their life from moment to moment. And when you take this on and realize that, gosh, I can decide how I want to enjoy this moment, listening to your show, to interact with someone at break time or lunch or at a conference, I get to choose how I'm going to enjoy it. So regardless of the stress, regardless of the um, FH, you know, that might be occurring in your life, you do have a choice how to interact with that. And it's really important to realize that you can handle it anything you've already gotten through a whole lot of your life, and there's been lots of different difficulties that you've experienced. We've all experienced differences in our t- in our life and we've all ex- we've been able to handle it, and you can handle this too. But let's choose to strategically through a happiness, intervening with a tactic that allows you to be powerful and allows you to do it with grace and ease and comfort and joy, without stress, without turmoil, without that emotional fuel that's residing within you that causes this explosiveness, that causes unhappiness, and this sense of lacking.
0: So what is the strategic happiness intervention tactic?
1: It's actually you strategically choosing to be happy, and intervening with a response, with an action in your life in that situation that now you're empowered, you feel powerful in this situation, whether it just means that, yes, maybe someone has just passed away, but and I'm really feeling totally grieving this loss, and, of course, that's all appropriate. And, yes, you're not going to be happy and joyful, but you could say that, you know, we all know, that, that death does come upon us at some time, and that I am just so thankful to have so many people in my family around me at this time to show and love me and give me that support. So instead of just constantly feeling the loss, feel and embrace the comfort and love that is around you. And and so that is that would be an example of creating this, strategic intervention tactic that you're going to use and it um, be part of that experience. It, it's really amazing how that energy shift creates totally a different change in the dynamics of that situation for yourself as well as others.
0: You mention in the book, and this is on page 185, that one of the first steps to this um, strategic happiness intervention tactic is take a moment and breathe out. I had Swami Anjani from Kashi Ashram here, and we had, she had a book coming out from Maya about 42 ways to breathe and how they affect mm. your body and how you can, you know, heal yourself with breath. And you say that the first step to this tactic is to take a moment and breathe out. Why is that? Right.
1: Because it allows release of trapped energy. You know, the first thing we do when we're born and I have my daughter in is actually in labor as we speak. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. But as soon as they cut the umbilical cord and they snap a little baby on the butt and that baby <gasps> breathes, and they, they're capturing that breath, okay, and we hold our breath. And so what happens when you're in pain and you're suffering, experiencing grief or loss, whatever that difficulty is, we hold our breath. We hold that emotional response, that energy associated around it. And so by exhaling, you're allowing a release of trapped energy. Think of an electrical wire that's all this static electricity in it, right? Well, when you're statically charged inside, you need to release it. (sighs) So people with fibromyalgia, anxiety, phobia attacks, um, all of these type things, post-traumatic, this is just trapped energy. Inside of you. So when situations are really volatile and you have all this emotional energy charge, breathing out, just that simple act, just do it right now. Breathing out relaxes, releases, and allows you then to assess, which is the next part, to assess it and then just say very simply, I am powerful beyond measure. I can handle X, Y, and Z. You fill in the blanks while filled with happiness, joy, and hope. And just that little simple statement allows you to change the energy around of empowerment. You're able to handle it. And that's going to take us right it. into
0: our commercial break. So everybody breathe out. We'll be right back. I have a table that talks about some emotions that can be causing physical ailments. I've seen something similar with Louise Hay, but you have a, a few different things in there that I think are worth exploring. What What are some of the most common physical, from your experience, I mean, 30 years as a physical therapist, you, you've really lived this and breathed this. What are some common physical ailments that you've discovered really are related to emotional?
1: Sure. Um, I think a lot of people feel powerless, that's one, which tends to be in your stomach area, so you could have colitis, you could have hernias, you could feel um, diverticulitis even, you can have stomach issues, um, allergies, these all tends to come from um, feeling powerless in your life. You also can have people often feel unloved, unlovable. That, of course, would be all around more of your heart chakra. So anything to do with even your breath because your respiratory illnesses, because when you breathe, that oxygenates your blood. So all of the, the diaphragm in the heart, all of that is about um, loving. If you're very sensitive and you feel crushed when someone hurts you, all of that can be um, perceived and um, reside within that heart area. And then the other one is the throat. People um, either feel they are unheard, unrespected, um, and have no voice. So you often see things, um, people's voices. I actually was doing a presentation at a library, and a 14-year-old son um, actually only could talk like that quietly and he really had very little energy going through his throat chakra and I worked with him just for a couple minutes and his voice all of a sudden went really loud and it stayed there for weeks later and when he continued to attend the course but it's amazing how changing the energy um in certain areas of your body how that improves the health of it so um I would say not feeling loved, not feeling powerful and being able to make your own decisions and not being told everything. And then also that voice. Those are three main areas that seem to tend to show up a lot for people.
0: So are there questions that my listeners should be asking themselves if they're feeling something in a part of their body that would help them connect to that and perhaps release it?
1: Great. I actually have a wonderful free gift that everyone can participate. So if you have any symptoms or when you think on a certain topic, you know, I think about my parents, and you start to feel um, some discomfort wherever, your hips, your shoulders, your back, whatever area, it doesn't matter. You read in my book, it'll help give you some clues as to what that might be about. But if you go to www.cynthiamazzaferro.com forward slash heart home of healing meditation. There is a phenomenal free meditation that you all can participate in, and it will actually eliminate and reduce the emotional debris that we've talked about through this hour that will um, actually positively affect those um, discomforts, those symptoms that you're experiencing. It's been profound for people who participate. Again, it's my website, CynthiaMazzaFerro.com, Heart, home of healing meditation, and you'll get that free meditation.
0: And I'll make it easier on my listeners. I will actually give you a link off of um, the site for the show on your, your um, when I post the recording up to make it easier for those that may be driving because we do have a lot of people listening live. I mean, even a friend, person I know, Gene Graves, who Twelve Hours was driving in the car. So don't worry, you can go to the my website. <laughs> it's all about the questions Look up Cynthia's show in a couple of days, and I'll have that link. It's Heart Home of Healing. You said
1: meditation,
0: meditation. Yep. Okay, that is a long URL. Let's make it easier well, it's for everyone. Well, the everybody. name of
1: it's what you're doing is your heart healing, healing. So that's what it's called, Heart's Home of Healing. I and love it. Um, I can. Yeah, it's great. And it's also a free gift that you get in the book. So I encourage you all to use it. It's so powerful.
0: I do love that in your book you have the link to your website for the book, Powerful Beyond Measure, that all of the exercises in the book, they can download the forms because sometimes you don't want to write in the book or you just want to take a piece of paper and sit with that. And so you can print out the exercises that are in the book. I think that's really great that that you did that, Cindy.
1: Yeah, I loved giving the workbook because you're right. You don't want to necessarily write in the book because you might want to loan it out and then people are reading your responses. And also, this is a book that I people tell me they go back and read it again and again. They leave it on their coffee table and they refer to it often, all these practical ways to change things that are happening in your dynamic life. And so you could, you know, Download the Word document and you just write your responses and everything that you're going through now. And in six months, you can download it again or just resave it and then put new answers in because you're evolving, you're changing. So your, your personal and spiritual growth is going to continue, continue to grow, grow as well.
0: I love that. Last thoughts you'd like to leave my listeners with.
1: I do. I have a really wonderful thing that I was asked to participate in that's right down leaving out of Fort Lauderdale in Florida. I know that's where your station's out of, so I'm so excited to bring this to you. And it's called Passion and Purpose Cruise. And it's out of Royal Caribbean on the ship Allure. And it's March 18th through the 25th of next year. And it's, you just go to the website, www. Passion and Purpose and just make sure you use my name Cynthia Mazzaferra as the referral, referral and you will get an enormously wonderful gift on the cruise ship it's amazing you won't believe the speakers and it's just going to be so fabulous it's going to be a seven-day cruise in the East Caribbean so I encourage you all to go and check it out
0: that's great and your book is available where My book's available, Powerful Beyond
1: Measure, on any online store, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, at any physical bookstore. If they don't have it, they can order it worldwide. Um, It's a book that will totally change your life. And remember, you are Powerful Beyond Measure. It's time to stop being small and contracting and feeling miserable about your life. It's time to empower yourself and inspire yourself to take action and create the changes that you desire in your life.
0: And it's so great because your book poses a lot of questions, and some of them I didn't want to look at for myself. I knew I needed to, but the way you phrased them left me uncomfortable. And I think that's really important for my listeners to know, is that you can ask the same question multiple different ways. It's the same question, but just worded differently differently. And the wording changes the way you respond to it or the way you react to it. So that's why I love doing this show is because we expose different voices to my listeners, all of you. And Cindy has a different voice. The way she poses things in her book, Powerful Beyond Measure, Three Steps to Claim Your Power Within for a Happy and Healthy Life, made me uncomfortable in a good way. Okay. I had to look at my own emotional set point and say, uh, my response is not really appropriate here, (laughs) and to go back and think about it. So, uh, Cindy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you reaching out to me and to uh, David Hancock at Morgan and James Publishing for uh, publishing your book and mine.
1: (laughs) And thank you, Laura. I love your book, too, and I love listening to your show. And I love David Morgan, and if you're interested in you know writing a book check out morgan james they're fabulous and um i thank you for this time and and really being able to engage with your listeners i look forward to hearing from them
0: Great. you've been listening to it's all about the questions starring laura stewart connect with laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today